Good morning. Oh, that's how I would start my sermon, so if you would not interrupt, that would be... No, I'm just, actually, in all truth, I, I was thinking about how we greet each other, and how cool is it? You know, I, I greet you, good morning, and you're so kind and generous to greet me. Good morning. Think about how we greet people. Uh, well, we don't just say good morning. Uh, we, we also say hello. We say hey. Or maybe if you're in a mixed crowd with people you kind of know, do you ever do this? Hey, you because you don't remember their name. <laughs> hey, you, what's going on? Or we might think of other ways of saying hello. Pleased to meet you. Or one of my favorites, how you doing? That, that's a friend's reference. I've been binge watching that. Never mind. <laughs> I think about how we greet each other. I, I suppose if we're thinking about uh, a little bit around the world even, or down south, around the world, we might say things like, howdy, partner. I told my wife that I was going to say that. She's from Texas. She's like, yeah, they, they don't really say that much. So I was like, okay. Uh, how about overseas, we might say bonjour, or down south overseas, we might say something like buenos dias or dios, or I, I guess when Pastor Mike gets back, I'll ask him how that really sounds. Probably should just stick to English for me. We got all sorts of ways of, of greeting people. Hola, or uh, aloha, or one of my favorites, uh, when, when I was in Israel, I really picked up on this back in 2010. Among the, the Jewish people uh, and the Messianic Jews that see Jesus as the Messiah, do you know how they greet one another? They say, shalom, shalom. Maybe if you're big fans of the Chosen TV show, yeah. They say that again and again when they greet each other. That's how they greeted each other in Jesus' day Shalom, shalom. Shalom's a Hebrew word. It means peace. And they say that when they greet each other, they say that, you know, throughout conversations uh, that they have where they're showing encouragement for each other, they say that when they say farewell. Shalom, peace. And uh, it's believed that they say shalom, and this is why I think it's the, the best of greetings, even better than something like, hey, boo. <laughs> My wife says, don't say that to me either. So, okay. Um, one of the most beautiful ways that we can seriously greet people, and I, I wish maybe, maybe we could start that today even, where we can just say shalom. <laughs> it's because it is attached to the blessing we've been considering. Did you know that? The very last word in the Hebrew for this great blessing that we get to hear every Sunday starting some 3,500 years ago the word is shalom. God give you his shalom, his peace. And so if you're just catching up with us today and you're unfamiliar with this uh, historic, ancient blessing that we still, in tradition, carry on with today, let, let me just remind you of that. At the end of the service today, you're going to hear these words. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with his favor or turn his face toward you and give you his peace, shalom. And we have this privilege as we've already, you know, for a couple weeks and Pastor Michael did an excellent job of sharing the first two lines. Today I have the privilege of sharing a third line with you. But, but just to get our bearings, I want you to know what I just shared with you in the blessing, that greeting, shalom, there is nothing better. 
If you're taking notes, I would suggest to you that the blessing is the greatest, it's the best greeting, the greatest encouragement you can give, the, the greatest parting word there is. And it's because of all that's packed into it, summarized by context with that last word, shalom. And I'm going to be jumping into the third part. So again, just a reminder, if you, you missed the first two Sundays, check us out at 92ministries.com, and you can hear some beautiful messages by Pastor Mike, Pastor Michael, in the first two lines. Third line is the Lord turn his face toward you, or the Lord uh, lift up his countenance upon you, is kind of the old, old English way of saying it. Uh, it's a turn of a phrase, an idiom, which means more than just God looking at you. But what that really means is you've entered into a king's presence. And it was good when the king looked favorably upon you. In fact, there was no greater honor than the king of all to look upon you with his countenance. There's favor there. And when it's God who's king, uh, there's no greater favor. So the Lord turned his face toward you and then give you his peace. We're talking about in this blessing, this last part where it all is tied up so well together. We're talking about the work of the Holy Spirit. So again, if you're taking notes, as we've already heard before, the Holy Spirit is at work in that line, and of course, throughout the whole blessing. And it causes us to think, uh, for those that uh, are new to the faith, for those that maybe have been in the faith for quite a while, but could use some refreshment, and who of us couldn't? I would like to start off, and maybe it'll be a little technical here about the Holy Spirit. Who is he, and how does this fit in, and what does he do? So that's what we're going to tackle first. And it's really important that I think we have this conversation first about the Holy Spirit, who's kind of the silent member of the Holy Trinity. Because if he's at work in this last line of blessing, which pulls it all together... It would be good for us to know that he comes with all authority, that what is imparted to you in blessing, it is trustworthy and true, and it is life-changing. So who is the Holy Spirit? Uh, I suppose as we look at our text before us in the scriptures, we could agree with scholars and say, yeah, he is the third person of the Holy Trinity, of the Trinity. So church words there. First of all, Trinity, it's not a Bible word. You can look throughout the scriptures. You're not going to see the word Trinity there. But it, it's a beautiful shorthand that the church created to really summarize the meaning and how the Bible talks about God and his nature. So the Trinity, I remember back learning first about the nature of the Godhead, the triune God. There's only one God, but three persons uh, so it's kind of one plus one plus one equals one. <laughs> Wait, one plus one plus one. For kids in grade school, don't work math that way. But when it comes to the things of God, this is the equation. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit equals one God. And yet the Father is completely, entirely God. Jesus is completely, entirely God. The Holy Spirit is completely, entirely God. Distinct persons, yet there's only one God. Kind of makes your brain freeze up a little bit. And it's a little early. And, and you know what? It's a holiday weekend. So if you're like me thinking, I, I, this is already beyond me, I would agree. It's beyond me too. 
I don't understand how this works. But in childlike faith, we believe in what the Bible says about God because Jesus is the revelation of God. He conquered death and what he says is true. All right, so I want to just share, though, that the Bible does only talk about one God, Isaiah 43, 10 to 11. Uh, Just one passage that really sums it up very well. Isaiah the prophet echoes all the scriptures which are in line and in agreement. Here's what Isaiah says, Isaiah 43, 10, 11. God is speaking. He says, you are my witnesses. You're the people I've blessed. I put my name on you. I've claimed you. You're my witnesses, declares the Lord. And my servant, whom I have chosen among the nations to draw all people to you, the nation of Israel, from whom, well, from which a Savior will be born to you. And we are heirs. We're the spiritual Israel, but we, we put our faith in Jesus. And so you're my servant whom I've chosen so that you may consider and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me, no God was formed. And after me, none will come. I, yes, I am the Lord, and there is no Savior but me. It's kind of an interesting thought here. Jesus, we call, and rightly so, our Savior. That is a divine title that only belongs to God. For God alone can redeem. God alone deserves the glory. And Jesus Christ, the Son of Man, is the Son of God, God incarnate, So rightly, he deserves the glory. He's the Savior. No created being alone could have that honor. Wouldn't surprise us then that Jesus would share with us the nature of the Holy Spirit, which is right there. He is, he's God. And there's only one. So then, where do we find in the scriptures that the Holy Spirit, whom Jesus would send for your comfort and for mine until we would make it home, that he is truly God, able to do such great things, point us to Christ so that we might know the Father, one God. Well, maybe we could fill in the blanks here. The Holy Spirit, according to the Scripture, according to Jesus, is God, does God things, and has God traits. Got some passages that are there listed for us. Uh, we could take a look at 2 Corinthians 3, 17. It directly says the Spirit is the Lord. <laughs> We're dealing with God and his work here, the Spirit's work in the blessing. Or we take a look at 1 Corinthians 2.11, which says, The Spirit knows the thoughts of God. As a, as a man knows his own thoughts and only he, so too the Spirit knows the thoughts of God and has revealed these things to us. You can't know the thoughts of God unless you're God. And his thoughts are many. He knows all things. The Spirit knows all things, and so what he communicates, and the blessing to you is trustworthy and true. Or if we took a look at Psalm 139, which is beautiful, if you have more time today, you could read the first uh, 18 verses of, of a psalm from David, and that's that beautiful psalm that says, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Well, guess who's attributed to such work? It's the Holy Spirit, where King David says, where can I go from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you're there. If I go to the depths, the deep, you're there. And all that the Spirit has ordained his very days, all his thoughts, so precious to me, it's all ascribed to the Spirit having all the traits of God. Which is why Jesus said, 
Go and make disciples of all nations. How so? How do we make followers of God? Baptizing them. We just saw four of them today. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. One God. One God. So again, if your mind is kind of freezing up a little bit because God's nature is so far beyond us. Three persons, one God. How does that work? Maybe I could say it best uh, with the psalmist's words. Uh, Psalm 145, verse 3. Here the psalmist says, Great is the Lord, and most worthy of praise, his greatness no one can fathom. We can't even begin to understand the nature of God or his work because it's beyond us. So I can't wait till we get to heaven. And we see God as he is. Some have said as complicated as the Trinity might be. I, I wonder if in that moment, if we'll have that aha and see that there's nothing more simple. It's the Holy Spirit. All right, now that we've established he truly is God, I think we can dive into his work, which gets real practical. Because we're going to see at the end of this blessing how much God has really loved us. God has not just saved us, but he saved us for amazing things. Every day, yet divine, amazing things. So what is his work in blessing us? Uh, how many of you are moviegoers? You, you like watching movies? Anybody out there? Yeah? Anybody see Mario yet? The Mario movie? I thought that was amazing. Maybe it's because in the 80s. That, that was like the first video game. I, Super Mario Brothers and all that. But uh, actually the storyline wasn't very deep. I won't spoil it. <laughs> but Mario gets the kingdom saved. and uh, Never mind. Okay, I said I wouldn't spoil it. Bowser loses. Okay, never mind. Okay, I won't spoil it. But great family movie. I and I don't really promote a lot of movies, but I thought it was worth seeing. Um, or maybe you're, you're seeing or have already seen um, Guardians of the Galaxy 3. I'm looking forward to seeing that one. Uh, I love movies because the storylines that have the struggle and have the hero and have those things that need rescuing and saving. You know, those kind of action movies or even comedies that lend itself to a, where someone comes in and saves the day. It's amazing. Well, how about we think about the story of human history as a movie? If our salvation history were a movie, do you ever think about the characters involved? Well, from the first line of the blessing, we could say God the Father is very much the producer of it all. He gives us every good gift. He keeps us in that right place, right time spiritually. He's not going to lose us. The Lord bless you and keep you. And now the star appears. That's Jesus. Uh, he is the center, the stage, and the Lord, he lets his light shine from his beautiful face, and that is Christ, the perfect representation of the Father. You see Jesus, you see the Father. And he's gracious to you and me, right? He rescues. There was the challenge. We are lost to sin and death and the devil, but here comes Jesus, and he lives a perfect life for us. He dies our death for us. He rises from the grave for us. He rescues us. Not by works, but by his grace. And now he sends the Spirit to us. The Spirit who always keeps the spotlight on Jesus. I suppose we could say the Spirit who is the writer and the director of it all. 
and even the cameraman who keeps us focused on Jesus. And so this is where the third part of the blessing comes in. The Lord, right? That he would look with favor on you all because of Christ who's the center, who's the star, and he would give you peace. Just so we know that this is the Spirit's work, I'd like to pick up on a, a great summary truth of what the Spirit has done to you, what the Spirit has done to me. Because so often, I think from day to day, we forget that the Spirit, unseen, is with you by blessing of God. And that's everything, and it changes every moment, even our eternity. I love this passage. You know, how is the Spirit blessing us? What is he up to? Well, Ephesians chapter 2. Verses 8 through 10 summarizes the Spirit's work very well. Paul says, It is by grace you have been saved, the second line of the blessing. It's through faith, through trust, that the Spirit has worked in you and hearing the word. And when you were baptized and continues to strengthen when you come to the Lord's Supper, and it's not from yourselves, it's a gift of God. Not by works, so that no one can boast. And then he goes on to say, and we are God's handiwork, his divine handiwork in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Now he's already speaking to the third line of the blessing. How so? Well, let's define terms here. The third line is the Lord look on you with his favor. Let's talk about favor. You are favored by God, King of all, through his son, Jesus Christ, who sent you his spirit. That means you are God's divine handiwork. It's a masterpiece. Can I ask you this? When you got up this morning, uh, how many of you presented yourself into the mirror and you were like, there's God's divine handiwork right there, my friends. <laughs> Perfection incarnate. God's masterpiece, ready to conquer the world. Anybody? Oh, good for you, sir. We need to learn from your example. That isn't always how I feel when I get up in the morning. A lot of times I'm like, oh, is that another wrinkle? Another gray hair? Oh, goodness. I am old. But dear friends, God doesn't want you to see yourself that way. And I know it's really hard because your feelings might say otherwise. Your thoughts might say otherwise. What you see as empirical evidence might say otherwise. But God is saying by the blessing, I have looked upon you with all my favor. There's nothing greater in all creation than what I have put together in you. For you bear the marks of my son. You are favored. You're favored. I mean, we could spend all day talking about what that means. But for time's sake, and just to, to be real efficient with this beautiful aspect of blessing, God is saying in the last line, because of his redemptive work and all the gifts he gives and how he keeps us, you are saved. And saved for something amazing. Praise God. You are favored, and you're not like the rest of the world. That hasn't yet been blessed, though God wants to bless all people. He gave the world his son. But you know that, you see that, you've received him, and so now you are different. You're a new humanity. You, you and Christ are a new way to be, to be human. 
where you actually love God and you love others and what you do and what you say, it has impact. And I'm talking divine impact and I'm talking not just for this world, but for the next. Truly, you can stand before the mirror every day with sins forgiven, being a masterpiece and perfection incarnate because God said so. You have his favor. Kind of reminds me, though, of our struggle to see that, how we don't always think that way. It reminds me of a, a story of uh, an old uh, sheep rancher down in Texas in the early 1920s, uh, Mr. Yates. Uh, it was during the Great Depression, and uh, Mr. Yates, like so many, didn't have a, a dime left. Uh, he had all this land in West Texas, and he didn't know what to do. He's ready to, to file bankruptcy and lose it all. But then finally... Some people came through, a seismographic crew for an oil company, and they asked if they could have some permission to just dig on his land. They were, they were looking for oil reserves. And he said, sure, what's it going to hurt? And so they dug, and they dug down about 1,115 feet, and they struck gold. Well, black gold. Texas tea? Thinking Beverly Hillbillies? Right, that's, that's what they struck. And do you know how much they struck? Just that one well, 80,000 barrels a day at about, at that time, $43 a barrel. In one day, in one strike, he made $3.5 million and would make the same the next day and the next day and the next day. And they dug more wells on his property and it produced more. In fact, they gave an estimate for the next 30 years from that, that first strike he would actually have wells producing 125,000 barrels a day for 30 years. In fact, it is still producing oil to this day, uh, and it was formerly owned by a Marathon Oil Company. Can you imagine that? Could you imagine living, being penniless, feeling worthless, thinking you have no hope? Just beneath the surface... There's this reservoir of life and wealth and prosperity called the Holy Spirit who dwells in you. You've been favored. I suppose we can relate to that Mr. Yates, couldn't we? Because every day I wake up and I feel less than, I have forgotten the blessing. God has so favored you. And Christ is the proof, and you have his spirit who is a deposit, making you the very holy of holies, the temple of God. You are favored. Which is why the uh, Apostle Peter said it this way in 2 Peter uh, chapter 1, verse 4. Peter, recognizing that you've been graced by, by God's redeeming work in Jesus, he says, so participate in the divine nature restored to you. You bear God's image again, unlike the rest of the world. Because in that divine image, which is what you are, you escape the corruption and the world caused by evil desires. Your sinful nature has been crucified with Christ in the waters of baptism. You bear the spirit. You've got this reservoir now inside you, springs of living water. You are so favored. Would you raise your hand if you believe that? Amen. Praise God you believe it. I pray you'd believe it every day because you have been blessed. Now then, what about this work? 
that comes out of this because you have been given a great resource. You are new, and you can love God, and you can love others. Well, guess what? You're saved, favored for something, and you'll need a lot of peace with the work that's ahead, which is exactly why Jesus encourages us through that ancient blessing to know you have peace. I'd like to define a little bit what that peace means. So that's how the blessing ends. The blessing ends and God's peace be yours. I want to read to you a little bit of Jesus' words because he was thinking about that blessing the night when he would be betrayed and go on to win our salvation. Uh, In John chapter 14, 26 through 27, this is where Jesus promises the Holy Spirit and not by accident, connecting him to peace. Jesus says, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will give you peace. Peace which would denote refuge and would denote the victor's spoils. And so God says in his son, I will give you the advocate. I love this, and this is picking up on the idea of peace. That word advocate in the Greek is parakaleo or paraclete. It means he is sending someone to walk alongside, call you alongside him for battle. Paraclete was a soldier. And that's the picture. And in, in, in you and I, when we leave this place after we receive the blessing, guess what? As beautiful as a day it is, today you're going off to war, not with people, not with flesh and blood, but with the forces of darkness that keep these people in prison who don't know Jesus, who have not yet been blessed. And God is making you a warrior, an ambassador of his kingdom to further his kingdom by proclamation, participating with God's divine work of his spirit to win souls by your life and your words, by sharing Jesus. Nothing more beautiful. You have been so favored. And so Jesus says, look, the advocate, the paraclete, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you Everything I've said to you, that you're loved, you're mine, I've paid the price, so peace I leave with you. The Greek word, irene, but that's the Hebrew equivalent, shalom. My shalom I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives, because that always fails. So do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. You've got a refuge in the blessing. You've got a refuge in Christ's promise. You've got the Spirit with you, and you are waging war, and you have refuge, and you are already victorious. And the spoils are coming your way. More souls to know him and be blessed with you. So go out and conquer the world, because that's your call. And you can do it. God has given you peace. Shalom which is the end of the war. It's already been won. And not only that, but shalom meant blessing upon blessing upon blessing. There is nothing you lack, but you have and in abundance. How good is it to know that when you look in the mirror and you feel like you're not favored? And when you go out and you speak the word of Jesus and it is not welcome? And when you have brokenness in relationships and you think there's no hope, there is always hope. Because, friends, you've been blessed by the Spirit. 
He's your paraclete. He comes alongside you. He lifts you, carries you into battle and out. Friends, that's the blessing. And now the concluding word. God said 3,500 years ago, claiming a people who are not a people to be his own, and you and I are part of that holy crowd. He says, when they are blessed. Number 627. When you, Aaron, and the Levites put my name on the Israelites, spiritual Israel, that's us, oh, I will bless them. There's a lot to it. We, we spent three weeks on the blessing. So let me just sum it up this way then, because we say it every Sunday, and I don't want you to forget all the beauty that's there. When you hear the blessing today and every Sunday to follow, I want you to remember that he has claimed you by putting his name on you. And all that entails the Father's work, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and there's only one God. I want you to imagine yourself like a little child. I don't care what age you are. I want you to see yourself like a little child who has the most loving father of all, who is Superman, who can do all things. When you hear the blessing, bow your head and imagine God picking you up like that little child and kissing you on the forehead, keeping you for the night, giving you his shining face, protective care, and rescue. Nothing can harm you, even if something harms you. He gives you grace. You look just like Jesus to him. And then the morning comes, and he picks us out of that crib, and he gives us another kiss. And he looks with favor on you. And now he invites you into his kingdom work while the, the day still shines. And he says to you, my son, my daughter, I have great work for you to do. It is difficult. It is hard. It's called the sufferings of Christ. You are Jesus' hands and feet in a world that hated the light. But I go with you. My spirit goes with you. And you will prevail. For you bear my name. You are my adopted child. And all that is mine is yours. And I will bless you. I pray that you remember that every time you hear it. Because friends, I'm looking at a people that have never been more blessed than you. God be praised. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you and we give you our utmost thanks. You have claimed us by your name. We bear your name. Oh, that you would be so good to give us your son that we might be your family. Lord, help us to remember that every day to see how favored we are because so often we don't feel that way. But Lord, let your word prevail. Let your spirit prevail. And then remind us of the great work we have before us. You've called us to something to... You've saved us for something amazing, and that is to proclaim your praises. For we have been a people called out of darkness into your wonderful light. Lord, help us to participate in your divine nature, for we are your children. And then, Lord, bless this world, this world that is so broken. And Lord, with that, we'd ask that you would be with all of us in these days, whether we celebrate joys or 
We grieve in sorrow. Lord, let your favor rest upon us and help us to always be a people of hope, whether we grieve or celebrate. This weekend, we thank you for those who have given their lives for us. Lord, help us to appreciate the freedoms we have to proclaim your praises as we worship you freely. Lord, let us be of much good with the freedom we've been given. Be with all the families here that are celebrating together, maybe traveling, maybe mourning a loss. Lord, fill them with hope, with your favor. All this we pray. We pray because we've been blessed in Jesus' name. Amen.